0: Ciao. Buongiorno, ragazzi. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Inter-Worldwide podcast, looking out to a crowd of favorites. Uh, Ribas, don't talk with your mouth full, but thanks for coming on, bro. Yeah. Yo, don't
1: worry. It's not fully full. <laughs> Hi, Mario. Oh, Mario, Galiano, Thanks for coming on, man. How you
0: doing? Yo, I'm doing all right.
1: Tell That's him.
0: good. That's good. Uh, Before we move into what we hope isn't going to be a pessimistic and a negative podcast, obviously this is the first bit of content we're recording after the 2-1 defeat to Juventus. But we'll move into that pretty soon. First of all, I had a couple of questions on Reddit uh, in terms of how we could improve the podcast. And they said, let's get to know some of the members a little bit better of the Inter worldwide brand, which I agree. So, Mario, I'm going to start with you, my friend. First of all, how did you become an Inter fan? And can you tell the fans your connection to Palermo as well?
2: I became an Inter fan
0: back when they had
2: Ronaldo. I was like uh, six, seven years old, whatever it was. Uh, my father only had one channel on the TV, and it was Rai. So we used to just watch the soccer games. And of course, who am I going to watch? Ronaldo, the best freaking player in the world. So I watched him, became my favorite player. Too. The real one, phenomenal, the fat Ronaldo, <laughs> of course. Uh, So I started watching him. He became my favorite player in two seconds, and I was like, all right, I'm an Ether fan now. Um, And since then, it's been a wrap. Uh, Palermo, my father's from Palermo. So growing up, he'd always tell me, oh, Palermo, this and that. We're going to go to Serie C next year. We're going to go to Serie B. First time in 36 years, we're going to be in Serie A. It's a miracle. And then I went to Palermo for the first time like in my remembering life, I was like three when I went before and I remember shit. <laughs> so I went there and everyone was going crazy because they finally went back and said, yeah, I was like, yo, I got to jump on the bad wagon for real this time. So then since then, it's been a wrap. And, you know, I, it's my claim to fame. Everyone who goes to Palermo becomes an instant superstar once they leave. Ilichis, Tibala, Lucatoni, Fabio Grosso. Everyone have to free so the Italian team when they won. Paul starting players. That's how that happened. Uh,
0: nice, All yeah, right. Nice, Christian Riback how did you become an Inter fan, brother? And then tell us a little bit about the Inter club that you started in your hometown.
1: Yo, so I pretty much became an Inter fan because my dope-ass, you know, Lordful hooked me up with a fucking black and blue jersey when I was a kid. Four years old, first jersey I ever got was black and blue. Blue was always my favorite color. And that's how I became an Inter fan. Kind of cheesy, but it is what it is. Uh, I founded Interclub D.C. back in 2014, Uh celebrating five years this year. You know, since I took the time out of my life to organize this, it's kind of been Thank a Thank you headache, for your but, services. You know. I got dope guys like Mario Gagliano in there, my boy Will, Alex, Black Guy Tony. uh, Let's see, Manny. Uh, it's pretty dope. We got, like people from almost every single nationality in it. We got a couple of Italians, and you got a lot of people from Ghana, El Salvador, Guatemala, you know, even from uh, the Philippines, Korea, Japan, people from Saudi Arabia, Libya. It started
2: in every country. Keep going with area,
1: like, no, no, no bullshit. Like, legit, we got a bunch of dudes from different countries. It's, it's like the D.C. culture, you know what I mean? D.C. is just <clears throat> a big melting pot. So it like, was pretty cool to find all these people.
2: Even when we went away to the uh, to the game last year or whatever it was, we had, like, what, six different states with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had Missouri, <laughs> New York, New Jersey, Delaware. Pennsylvania. Virginia, Pennsylvania, D.C., yeah. Maryland. It was, it was a nice mix. You know, that's the one thing I, I, I like about my inter-club is we're, we're fans from all over the world and all over the U.S. I mean – even though I call it Interclub DC and some of them call it Interclub DMV because DC, Maryland, Virginia, I look at it as more like Interclub USA where we're different from the other ones in the U.S. We got people all over the states, you know. We even got a guy in California, you know, and yeah. that's literally on the opposite coast.
0: That's really cool, man. So we had a really good weekend as well here in Sydney. Here's the merchandise here, repping the Interclub in Sydney. We had about 30, 35 people gather for the Juventus game. So... It was really good, obviously, at all hours of the morning, but it's still good to see the dedication from the people in Sydney getting up before the sun does to go and watch the game. All right, time to jump into, up leave, to the But, I we've check back in soon, but Mario, first of all... Listen, you- since,
1: since we're merchandising out there, I got Interclub DC polos, quarter zips, hoodies, all that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get you the friend price of $39, $39, $14. Yeah, you know. I can expect some free stuff in the mail, man. Mario, how did you spend the Juventus game, bro? First of all, what did you think of the team? And how do you react from it afterwards, Ben?
2: I mean, going into the game, uh, I was watching it on my phone at my girlfriend's parents' house. So I was like, you know, half in, half out, trying to get service and, you know, bullshit. But, you know, the result, if we expected more, you're kind of reaching. Like, as good as we've been, it's still Juventus at the end of the day. And, you know, they're going to find a way to squeak by and get a stupid bullshit win and tie, whatever the hell it is. But, I mean, it's still Juve at the end of the day. They're still miles ahead of every other club in Italy. And it's obvious. We're catching up really quickly, but... You know, if, if you're if you're going into a game Barcelona and then Juventus and you're expecting two wins, you're a fucking idiot. I don't care who you are. Like, you could be the biggest Inter fan in the world. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that we're gonna win the freaking game. Um, hmm. it, it, I don't even want to get. I, I'm gonna get started
0: later on that. Um, All right, we'll talk a little bit about the fans later. Before we do that, Christian Rivas, how did you spend the Juventus game? where did you watch it? What was your overall thoughts on the loss, bro?
1: Hey, Mario knows this. So the way I did it, I did it like bootleg radio because I was from uh, 30,000 feet in the sky flying back from Orlando. So I bought the Wi-Fi. I couldn't stream, but I went to YouTube, and I could get YouTube service. So I literally YouTubed a radio broadcast from it, and I was listening on the radio and in our group chat uh, following the game. When I landed, luckily the second half started, so I watched the whole second half. I mean, like Mario said, dude, you have Barcelona and Juve. We aren't going to win both games. Uh, I'm a little more optimistic than Mario in what I saw in the game. You know, like, considering Conte's only had six games, I feel we caught up pretty quickly. I wouldn't say we passed them yet because our death isn't there. And we're not on the same level. We're probably one notch under them right now. Honestly, that game could have gone either way, to be honest. if he didn't get hurt, it could have gone either way. Well, once Sensi got hurt, you saw the lack of quality and depth in our team. And that's that's the one thing that I appreciate Sonny and, you know, Marota saying is that they're going to buy another midfielder in, in January because apparently they see Conte's vision just in the first five, six games, and they seen what he can do, and they want to get this man who he wants. And that's pretty dope because I don't think we've really had anybody like that in a long time.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree there, man. Uh, speaking of Conte, and how you think that the team's going to respond after this, we come back with a trickier wave picture against us. I'm not really going to preview that because that's a long way away. Anything can happen on international, break. but um, basically, Mario, do you think that Conte will get the team oiled well again? And you think we go to follow and see a reaction?
2: Yeah, I think definitely he'll he'll get the team to bounce back, he's going to motivate the share to them, he's just going to tell them, like, hey. We just kept up with two of the best teams in the world. We're right there with them. It's, it's a piece of cake from here on out. I, I mean, uh, we've won the games that we've had to win so far. Those have been a problem. It's, you're going to drop six points with Juve. That's fine. You, you lose six points out of 114, I, I believe it is, if my math is correct. You do that, you're doing good. You're looking at 95-plus points at least You know to end the season. Um, wow, well, that math is horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're looking at like hundred points. If, if you win every other game. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you give a couple a couple points away here and there, you're looking you're looking promising. Um but for Sassuolo, definitely gonna bounce back. Uh is how long is Sensi out for? Did they say yet? Or not
0: really? That's what we're gonna go into next. Christian, do you know anything about the Sensi injury? How long do you think he's gonna
1: All I heard was that they kept him for an international break and They're looking at recouping him for the Sassuolo game, you know? That makes sense. From what I've heard, I haven't heard anything outside of that. From one of my friends that works over there, he told me he he might be okay for the Sassuolo game, but they're being extra careful because we don't have nobody else that can really cover his position. Going back to the Juve game, you bring in Vecino. Vecino is not a creative player. We don't have no creative players on the bench. That's the problem. Yep. Uh, in terms of the
0: Vecino sub, would you prefer to put him in over Gagliardini, there, Christian?
1: No, it was the right sub. It was the right sub. You know, a lot of people giving Vecino grief, but you also got to remember, he came into the game, one, he wasn't expecting to be subbed in. So he wasn't fully warmed up. Two, the game at that point was already at a fast pace. It was already moving. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a derby, you know what I mean? Like, it's a hard-fought game. And you're just getting thrown into the mix unprepared. So it was obviously going to take him 15 to 10 to 15 minutes to kind of get his legs in and try and get a feel for the match. Anybody that's ever played the game and understands the game could tell you that. You know, I I don't get where inner fans sit there and think that a player is just going to jump on the field and automatically make an instant impact without warming up. It it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. I I can't, I'm not mad at Vecino. You know, he's, you're playing two players that play the same exact style in the game when one of them has got to be a creator, and he's not a creator. It is what it is. Yeah.
2: He did uh, almost score a game, uh, the game tire, though, so you got to give him that. The
1: selection was crazy.
0: He almost, he almost ended up being a hero. Mario, who was your man of the match against Juventus, and who do you think was the worst player on the pitch for Inter against Juventus?
2: Man of the match? I mean, it, you have to give it to kind of Lautaro Martinez. He, he put in his fight, he, he created the chances, he annoyed the hell out of Juventus. he scored his penalty that, you know, we earned as a team, um, so, you know, I, I feel like without a doubt it was him, uh, otherwise, you know, it was pretty average across the board, you know, it was it was nothing special, D'Ambrosio did his thing, he had to mark Ron, uh, Ronaldo, dibala whoever came on his side, you know, you know what are you going to do on that one? Two of the best players in the world. Uh well, Brozovic, I didn't think he he did what we needed to do with that game. He just couldn't he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't get us going. You know, I, I understand that Juve is, is Juve and they pressured the shit out of us. It, at times it looked like we were going against Barcelona how we just couldn't get out of our half. Um you know, obviously once we lost Sensi there's, there's no coming back from that at that point. There's nobody to replace him surprised uh, even Borja Valero hasn't been featured this year, to be
0: honest. That, was, that actually probably would have been a better characteristic sub. Yeah. Valero. Valero probably could have matched um, you know, the characteristics that Sensi brought to the table. But whether he would have had the legs for 50 minutes is a different story. Rivas, who was your man of the match against Juventus? And who do you think was the worst performer for Inter?
1: So I'm going to echo what Mario said. And I'm going to go mm-hmm. with Lautaro again as the best player. He was really effective. He made some good runs. He had some good shots. Uh, you know, for me, my worst player of the match, man, that's hard. You know, I'm probably gonna get some flack for saying this, but for me, it's Bastoni. I'm sorry. He's a that primarily because he steps up just too
0: early. It's just an amateur mistake to let Higway in off like that.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and at that point of the game, we were actually in a very good situation, but that wasn't also the only time he made an amateur mistake. Honestly, I get it. Conte's trying to get this kid's head up and everything, and he's trying to get him confident. But I would have brought in someone like Ranocchia in that type of situation for the simple fact that he has leadership skills and he's very experienced. You know, people sit there and crucify me for what I'm saying, but I would have brought in Ranocchia over a fucking uh Bastoni any day. That's just me. Yeah,
0: can I, I just
1: I'm not can the I coach, just... Though, so So take what I say with a grain of salt. I'm not a coach. I'm not the coach of Inter. At the end of the day, Conte has the last say. I'm not going to sit there and say the dude is wrong because he knows what the fuck he's doing. Hit hit Inter fan. Uh,
2: Am I the only person that thinks this, that Skriniar has really underperformed in the three-man defense?
0: He, no, he's definitely looking a little bit shakier, but I, I don't I just think that I think he's been so good the last two years. He's stood out so much that now he's just not standing out as much alongside quality. I thought Devray was our best defender yesterday by a country Ma, and I think he's really picked up a lot of form in the last three yeah. weeks. So thank well, God we didn't know because, yeah, he looks like he's gonna be the type of player that he's gonna come in and out this season. He's not gonna to shoot together four or five games in a row. Not gonna happen
1: for the record, I don't think Skriniar is doing bad. I think it's mainly, again, like like you guys said, he's been so good lately, you expect him to always be good. And I'm not saying he's had bad games, because he really hasn't. It's just the simple fact that with this three-man defense that Quante has, a lot of the attacking doesn't come. A lot of the defending and attacks don't come on him as much as before. DeVry holding down the center of the park, his main job is now to be a distributor out, outside. That's what Scaliniar is doing. He's building up the play. He's still bossing as a centre-back. He's not bad at all. And it just gives more shine at De because De is really holding it down in the middle.
0: Yeah, Here is. is. Um, let's talk a little bit about the fans and their reaction to the last couple of the results, especially for the Juventus match. Um, look, all fans have got different opinions when it comes to tactics, when it comes to approaches to matches and stuff like that. Me personally, I'll, I'll get the ball started. I think a lot of fans need to remember where we've been for the last seven years, basically, especially in the amount of managers that have rotated in and out of our club with different tactical setups and different philosophies. It really hasn't gone anyone's way. And I think that, that we have had to some consistency and some leadership and some progression. Six games out of six just doesn't happen, whether it's against Lecce or not. Because at the end of the day, we got points against teams that we didn't get points against last season or the season before against Balecki. And I think from here on in, it's all about being proactive and reactive, Be proactive to solving some of the problems and react to this result. Don't necessarily need, or I don't know why we see so many fans getting so pessimistic, almost as though this result had any sort of bearing on the final standings of the season. And just before I switch over to the guests, I think this is a nice little reality check for some of the Inter fans who got caught into the spectacle hype too easily. Mario just said, Juventus is still the best team in the country by a mile. And we saw that against us. So the goal for me this season is still the same as it has been from the start. And that's no more match day 38 drama. Let's qualify for the Champions League match day 33, 32, 34, whatever it is. Get a comfortable second place finish
1: and keep building this team. Rivas, what were your thoughts on the fans' reaction afterwards? And what what do you think overall? All right, so I'm not going to completely agree with you. I still think Scudetto is attainable. You mm-hmm. got to remember, Juve's main goal is going to be champion, so you're going to see him slip up a couple times. Yeah, they didn't slip up against us because they had their eyes on this game. So I still see them slipping up throughout the season and boxing up the Scudetto. That's just me. I don't think they win any trophies this season, to be honest with you. They just they don't convince me still. Uh, secondly, Interfans, their ideas of tactics is just off of football manager. They were somebody that's actually coached out there and actually got paid to coach. Half the shit I see you guys say, I'm just sitting there like, in the ideal world, it, 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 in your ideal world, in your football manager world, it works. But that's not how it works in real life. You got play to play players to their strengths. You got to learn their characteristics. Like a lot of people sitting there giving shit to Lukaku. Honestly, in my opinion, Lukaku didn't have that pitch poor of a game as they sit there and make it out this scene. You know, they make him out to seem like he was the worst player in the world. No, it seems to me like a couple of fans are still pressed on a certain player that plays in PSG. And in my opinion, Lukaku brings a lot more to the table. He can dribble. He can hold the ball. He can pass better. I mean, his touch is a little off, but if you really look at the numbers, I think Mario sent me a screenshot or some shit like that where he's only really been dispossessed like one or two times off a bad touch. So, it's not completely accurate about his touch being bad. I think, was it Manny that said that a lot of people are influenced by the media, Mario, in the group chat? yeah uh, it, it was him that, like, yeah. a lot of people are influenced by social media where man, you fans are, oh, he's trash, he's fat, he's overweight, he has a horrible touch. Yo, in that time I've seen him play, I don't see half the shit they say. So, you got to form your own opinion and you got to stop listening to other people. You expect him to sit there and be a goal machine. He's not going to stay in the box and wait for a perfect cross 99% of the time that won't come. He's going to go out there and try and get the ball himself, as you see him do. He, he drops down deep and he helps defensively. This
0: is my there personal up. Picked up a, deep, um, a couple of times against Juventus and was actually able to beat a man and play it off. So, I think he's just got a lot of nerves about him. The Man United career did absolutely nothing for his confidence. That club's a mess. I mean, look at them at the moment in England. So, you can't afford to make a scapegoat for any of those players, especially Romelu Lukaku. Going over to Mario, what was your reaction to the fans afterwards? And uh, can you please tell everybody what player you want to come back that plays for PSG? We all know you missed him a <clears throat> I'm
2: really hoping the player that comes back from PSG is... Thiago uh... Motta. Yeah, him. Uh Borgovanie. He didn't he's not coming back, but he's coming. uh but no, for real. The, the fans went back to their typical living under a rock. I'm the smartest person. Look at me, I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, you know, they went back to the <laughs> they went back to the going to be like that. Like they have no no freaking idea what's going on. Like they're complaining They saying this guy sucks, that guy sucks, this guy sucks, that guy sucks. Yeah. Why did we sign Mario, this, did, Why did we did, sign did this did
1: guy? did you read that one dude that sat there and said that Lukaku is not the right uh, striker for Conte's system? And I am oh, sitting yeah. like, bro, how are you going to tell Conte who's the right player for his system if this is who he specifically asked for?
2: He <laughs> wanted Lukaku from before he even signed for Inter. Uh, he to him all the
1: way back to Juve.
2: Uh, No, it's stupid shit like that. And then they're like, like Christian said in the media, because before I forget about this, I will. um, There was a stat. In uh, whatever games Nicholas Bentner has played, he scored 28 goals or whatever the hell it was. I think it was 174 games, 28 goals. But Jesse Lingard or or Rashford. No, no, no. no. It was Rashford. It was
1: Rashford. They said Rashford. Rashford scored less. Rashford scored 27 goals and the Lord Bentner scored 37 goals in, the se- in less amount of games. Yeah. And they called Rashford the next prodigy and Bentner was the Lord. Yeah, he was the gar- He
2: was garbage. He did this, he did that. He sucked. He, he shouldn't be on the field. But yet, it's like, wh- what are you comparing? You, you guys are fucking idiots. You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, you see one thing, you see Bentner rated 74 on, on FIFA and, and
1: Rashford's 82. Big fucking deal. <laughs> for the record, for the record, Bettner was a GOAT. I had an Arsenal Bettner jersey because I thought he was fucking hilarious. My he man was the man. In, subbed in. He subbed in, scored a goal, and got hurt on the celebration. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. That's my man right there.
1: That's my boy.
2: And then he went to you then.
0: <laughs> and then he went to you <laughs>
2: No, but like it, it's stupid shit. Like they say the dumbest things, and you're just like, "Oh, we should bring back economy. After all the shit he's done, you know, it might be worth it." And Lukaku, he's only play scored play. one goal at
1: PSG just the same. He's no, he only scored, scored one, one Champions goal for League, for one in PSG. the league.
0: Yeah, I think he scored two, both tap-ins.
1: Yeah, he's stupid bullshit.
2: Like, are they winning games? Did he make a difference? No, they still freaking suck. They're just as bad as they were last year.
0: Oh my! No, but like you can see, it, it, you can. Man he, he should be scoring 40 50 goals in that league against those sort of opponents anyway man it's a
2: freaking charity match over there <laughs> oh my god it's playing with <laughs> semi so. <laughs> get it
0: all right, let's talk a little bit about the January Mercato because, you know what? For all the positive results, we haven't really had to think about the Mercato, which is really good. Inter fans love the Mercato. Inter fans are up the Mercato's ass before the season ends every single season. We've got Ribas agreeing with me left, right, and center. But as Ribas already mentioned, we've got Marotta, Conte, and Zhang all basically in agreement that we are going to sign another top quality midfielder in January much needed because we are only as a, we've got a great midfield three. Fantastic. It's world class, but that's where it ends at the midfield three. There's no depth. We haven't got the man-for-man substitution. What's on your mind, bro?
1: Listen, the only part I like about the mercato is that my boy Alex is hitting me up every morning with a good morning text off of, so is this player coming or is that player coming? <laughs> that's the only thing I like about the Mercado. Besides that, it's so always, are we signing Messi? Are we signing fucking Rivaldo? Are we signing Romario? Like, I am not a fan of the Mercado. That shit gets annoying after a while. I don't believe
2: well, I mean, anything until it's official
1: it's on the important.
0: website. It has January. to happen by a need of a midfielder. So we got to talk about who he's going to come. And most likely, the name on everyone's mouth or lips at the moment is Milinkovic Savage. But for me,
1: I don't necessarily see it happening in January. It's it not going like to be that. him. It's not going to be him. I don't even think we get him in the summer, to be honest. Who's If, if I'm the owner of Inter, I'm going to be blunt with you guys. You guys probably aren't going to agree with me and aren't going to like what I'm going to say, but I would go after a player like Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason is because he brings that experience, that veteran leadership, and he doesn't stunt someone like Sensi or Barrela's Growth. But does he bring his own doctor? <clears throat> yes. Okay. I'm hey yo, we can send him to a soul my lord down on 14th Street if you need. I don't know uh, he... boy Ruben sent me over to get my knee popped back into place. That dude's a it. goat. Is go go. He's a free agent. I would bring in a player like Gothera Royce. If, if like you know what I'm saying? You go after a midfielder that if, what I'm trying to say is you go after a midfielder that's experienced. He's not young, yes, he's old, but he's going to help groom these younger Italian players. And he's also going to not take the full shine from them. Yo, you don't, you don't, if you got savage, savage is going to dictate minutes, bro. You're not going to go yeah. after Malinkovic, savage, and not, and have him on the bench. So you got to remember, are you going to sacrifice Barrela or are you going to sacrifice Sensi? These are the pillars of your team right now. So you got to yeah. be realistic with what you're asking. So what you're going to do, go get yourself a player like Gautier or Marco Royce that's going on an expiring contract and is still a still decent enough player to help the filling because who we got now is no any other quality.
0: Kurt says the type of midfielder that can drift up, he's creative and connects the midfield to attack, kind of like Rafinha. It's almost a German version of Rafinha's skill set, which is something the fans have been crying out for since, I don't know, Rafinha didn't get re-signed. So, you know, I think I'm going to have to agree with the request on that, but I haven't seen anything linking the club to Mario Götze. so but hey, it's Marotta. Well, a little Marotta. bit, but nothing recently. But that, that's Marotta.
1: He doesn't mind working in silence before he gets his shit done. Well, remember, we're linked to him for the summer transfer window coming up this year. And we're trying to get him for free. I'm ninety-nine percent sure if we're to go up to the club and be like, yo, listen, we're getting him for free anyways in six months. How about we toss you five million euros and call it a fucking day? At least you're coming that's up. It.
0: Yeah, well, that would be great, uh, Mario. Over to you. The other names that are thrown around a bit are the double Barcelona pair Arturo Vidal and Rakitic, and also possibly Marco Verratti from PSG. Any of thre- Any of these three names uh, do you like? And who else? Uh,
2: of those three, I like Verratti solely for the fact that Conte might be able to lure him in. I'm uh, just looking at other other players that could come over, on the bossman, uh, Christian Eriksen.
1: Whoa. Um, Shot in,
2: the takes dark. Time. shot in the dark, it's a long shot, I'm not going to say, I'm, that's not something that I get my hopes of, but you know, I think he's, I, for me, the first time I saw him play, like five, six years ago, I said this guy's going to go to Barcelona, so mm-hmm. that's my thing with him, but you know, he, he's possible, you have uh, players like Willian also, uh, I think Conte might even try to go for
1: Matic, my, see, my only thing about those first three players you mentioned there, Anthony, is, again, these are players that are going to dictate starting position. Yeah. So, who, who are you going to sacrifice? Well, who, else, bad, who, else, Goethe. Goethe.
0: who else Who else? besides Goetzer can you bring in that won't dictate minutes and that's happy to make you maybe play every second or third game from the field and every other game from the bench?
1: Mar- Marco Royce. Because I'm going to tell you now, Vidal ain't going to play that shit.
2: No.
1: And Rakitic ain't going to play that shit. No. Virati sure as hell ain't gonna play that shit. Bro, Veratti, I'm, not out, play that shit I'm not gonna stunt, I'm not gonna stunt fucking none of uh, none of these young guys' growth. Brozovic is still coming into his own. He's been getting better. I'm not gonna stunt fucking Barrela <clears throat> Or since he's growth. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go after a player like Gotsi. Like I said, if it happens, call me a fucking genius. But that's the type of player you go after. You don't go after one of these established stars. That's going to yeah. that's gonna dictate and want those minutes. And that's going to throw a bitch fit in the media if they don't get the minutes. If they're splitting time with any of these two youngsters, they're going to throw a bitch fit and they're going to say, I deserve more time. I'm a world-class player. I came from Barcelona. And then you're going to have these other fans out there who think they're football managers talking about why aren't these players starting? Blah, 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 blah. Out of our three midfielders
0: that we have at the moment, Brozovic, Barella, and Sensi, do you think any of the three would be happy to maybe shift some of their playing time for a player like SMS? No. Right. They're not gonna be
2: happy they're not gonna be happy, but at the same time, it's like it doesn't matter if, if they are gonna be happy. If you find the established player who's gonna take you to the next level, it doesn't even matter about the player's growth. This is in depth. They don't care to grow people.
1: That's yeah. true, but you also got you also gotta look at it right now. These three players we got right now are pretty much the pillars of that midfield. Whether people like it or not, they held their own against Barcelona. I know people were complaining about Brozovic in that Barca game. In my opinion, he was the third-best player. A lot of his off-the-ball movements, closing up the gaps, intercepting balls, and cutting the passing lanes were fucking critical. That game could have easily swung in our favor if somebody would have fucking finished their chances.
2: That's true. Also, I I just didn't like how deep he was receiving the ball, although he had to because there was so much pressure. He had no choice. He had to, but at the same time, it's like he gets that ball, he turns, and then it's just like he has to just get rid of it, spread it as fast as he can, and then it's just like after that, it's a crapshoot. Asamoah either goes or he loses the ball. Uh, if he finds a center mid, it had to be it had to be Sensi. Otherwise, uh, who's in Barello's was in the middle with them. Barreto not going to get you that one touch and play forward in the creative kind of sense, but you know. He's going to do something. It's just not yes. going to be the best-case scenario right away.
1: If we're talking tactically, the way Conte was playing Brozovic was a smart way, though. Honestly, yeah, It's the only way. He played him deep for a reason. We needed him to play deep because yeah. he had to shield the defense from the fucking Barcelona attack. We know when you're playing Barcelona, you're going to defend with 10. And the reason uh, is you you you're going to have to play those swift counters because they're going to hold the ball the whole fucking game. That's what they do. I had possession.
0: Yeah, so easy to lose context after these results by looking at it from a tactical point of view. It's, it's very, very refreshing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in my opinion, I don't think Brozovich was that bad. I'll no. say against the Juve game, I didn't like how many missed passes he had. Yeah, and that was He had a couple mistakes, but if I'm looking at the bigger scheme of things as well, this guy has played 90 minutes almost every single game we've had. I have a It's
0: not like UVA are going to be pushovers. They press. They press hard, and they got a pretty quick attack to press with it. Yeah. You so, played
2: against Ronaldo and Messi. What do you freaking expect?
1: Yeah, and there were two-one results. It's not like we got blown out three That's one. That's what I'm saying.
2: I'm like, Messi yeah. turned up ten minutes. He killed us for ten minutes.
0: Then the whole go. other right. twenty
2: minutes, we had him in his pocket.
0: I'm going to move on a little bit here away from some of the Inter stuff before we finish. We're going to go into some of the questions from three different fans. And the first one's a really good one. It goes, you guys don't talk about the internationals at all. What do you guys think of the new look Azuri? Can you give a prediction for their upcoming two pictures against Greece and Liechtenstein?" I'll go first. I'm very happy with the new look Azuri. I think Mancini's got them playing very well. They're six wins out of six. The closest competition to them, I believe, is Finland. Behind them, but you know, they're going to qualify, I, in my opinion, comfortably for the Euro. And hey, Italy really needed this. And I don't mean just qualify for the Euro, I mean put your goddamn foot down, win some games comfortably, and qualify for the major tournament as one of the front runners. We needed this. Because even in the past, and I'm, man, I'm even talking the team that won the 2006 World Cup, they still limped through qualifying on 0 1 wins against teams like Malta, Luxembourg. Italy has never, ever played well on an international level against smaller nations. So to get Mancini to get this fresh young team compiled with a few interplayers in there playing really well, I love it. I think we roll Greece and Liechtenstein over to get six points and wrap Sorry, up qualification. Ravast.
1: Your thoughts on the new Luca Zuri, because I know you're a fan anyway. Oh, man. So, Mario, you know this. I've said this for years, that Mancini needed to be appointed the head coach of oh, Nazionale yeah. because he was going to sit there and revolutionize the team. Yeah. I've been saying it for years. He gets it. His, his ideology, and I said as soon as he got hired, he's going to win us the Euros, and he's going to get us to at least the semifinals in the World Cup. I'm calling we're going to win it all, and that's not just as a fan, but Man, Cheney's a hell of a fucking coach, dude. In my opinion, he's really underappreciated and undervalued by Interfans. If you see what he's doing for the Nazionale right now, he's building the league in itself as well, using these youngsters. So he's working with the youngsters, he's helping bring back City yeah, And he's just a fucking amazing coach. I don't care. That's still one of my that's still probably my all-time favorite coach in history. I don't give a fuck what anyone's gonna say about it. He's my all-time favorite coach in history. The man's a fucking genius. I remember when he was, when he came to the U.S. and I got to talk to him. He was one of the dopest dudes out there.
0: Very nice, man, Mario. Oh wait, before you go, Rivers, do you think we're we roll over Greece and just find like easy?
1: I'm sorry, Mario, but we're going to fuck Greece up, bro. <laughs> he's half Greek. You know? yeah, yeah, I know he's
0: half Greek. I know he's half Greek. Um, Mario, what are your thoughts on the new look Azuri man? And do you think they're going to get six points and wrap up Euro qualification early?
2: They're gonna get six points easy. Liechtenstein, one of my favorite countries in the world. I have a uh, no. He's gone for real.
1: Like I've been were there. Praying, I, have a, really a I have a I have a Vaduz jersey. I'm set. It's beautiful.
2: <laughs> it's one of my favorite places. It's beautiful. They got the beaches. They got the sea breeze. They got everything
1: there. Coconut, no, 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 he's gone. I swear. <laughs> I remember when he went. He was sending me pictures. It was actually a really nice country. I love Not- it. I love it there. All fifty miles of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh no, but it's gonna be it's gonna be easy. Greece, they're fucking retards. <laughs> what? They're they don't know how they don't know their ass from their elbow, these people. They got nothing, they man. Gone, Greece- they they <laughs> got nothing. And to, to to go off of Christian's point from before, Mancini, there's two types of coaches the way I see it. There's smart coaches like Conte that'll beat you with tactics, motivation, and all that bullshit. And there's coaches that'll just put their best players Choose the best players. And it's just gonna work out because you got your best 11 out there. You got your your reserves, your subs, and they're all gonna, they're all gonna do the job. Mancini, even from the time being there. 1-0, 2-1, uh, ugly, stupid, shitty wins.
1: Again, Why? with because... a team that should have not finished in fourth. Like, yo, that team overachieved, and people don't get it. That fourth place team finished in ninth place the following year. Yo, so, we uh, we had that was the first time we had first
2: place for uh, the whole the first rounds. time of the season. And then, of course, you know, it, it broke down eventually, but at the same he time, it's five like, rounds
1: without a loss.
2: Yeah. Five, he, three wins. That's what I'm saying. Like, he puts the best players out there, regardless of whatever the fuck people want to do. They all, oh, people like, he doesn't change the subject, the formation. He doesn't change the players. He doesn't change anything. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to win. It's like, yo, he's beating everybody regardless. It doesn't matter. If you remember there, that year, effective.
1: that year he even said it too because everybody was saying, oh, Scudetto, this, Scudetto, that. He was like, we don't got a team for Scudetto. He's like, we no. got a team for fourth place. No. He was like, And that's if I work hard at it. He's like, if you get me a Banega in January, he said, if you get me Banega, I will guarantee you third place. Yeah. Like, Without Benega, I'll get you fourth, and that's me really like pressing
0: because you that team
1: should have not finished in fourth. If you look at it, bro, we finished the season with not a single creative midfielder, not a single creative midfielder. Fucking yeah, um, Emelo, not, Gary Medell, fucking uh, Condubia, beast, Roseman. just
2: just guys who work hard. Who, who for
1: was, it? was there? Nobody uh, thinking... We had a bunch of fucking scrubs that all played yeah. defensive or holding midfield. They were all fucking registas, And the only attacking mid we had was Guarín and we sold him the fucking timing. Oh, my
2: God.
0: Remember
1: yeah. that shit? <laughs>
0: oh, man. All right. Moving on to another couple of questions. They're good ones as well. Daniel from Perth. Shout out to the far, far west, Western Australia. Gabby goals value is back up. Do we sell him or not, considering he's now a Brazilian international player? That's a good question. Um, it was really good to see him get a call up because he's scoring really, really well in Brazil, but that's a completely different league on a completely different setup. It is almost the polar opposite to Italian football. If you are going to succeed in Brazil, just forget about it. It's it's like studying for a Spanish, it's like studying Chinese for a Spanish test. It's just, it's not gonna that's happen. Me, personally, I'd cash in now while the stock price is high, while he's playing for the Brazilian national team, but the boys might disagree. So, Mario, for me, anything 25-plus, take it and go, man.
2: I've been on the fence with this one because at the same time, yes, we should cash in because we don't know if he comes back and he adapts or if even if Conte wants him because he's, he's, a, he's a, a liability on the field. Sure, he'll, he'll score goals, but this is Brazil. It's not. It's not. You're not. You're not playing instead of B. You're not playing instead of C. You're not playing. Uh, you know, like France. He is where, balling you know, in the Copa
1: Libertadores.
2: He's day, balling. Though. That's the thing. If he's scoring, it's he's not, not just Brazil. Let's, doesn't let's, matter let's get where that straight. You if you're a bowler, you're a bowler, and that, that's where the other side comes in. I'm like, he's scoring. He's playing. He's on top of his game. So I mean, it, it could be worth a chance you take maybe like a $15 million cut at the end of the day if it doesn't work out. But at the same time, it's like he could score you 20 goals a year
1: or he could, you know,
2: score you 20 goals in, in the reserves. In,
1: in contest, we lo- when he got, he he got Adriano. We loaned the out of fucking Parma.
0: Yeah. Where, where would Gabby go play under Conte, though, under that system? He doesn't really fit in unless a second striker. That's what? about it. I, I,
1: I, 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 I think he does no, no, fit. No, 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 I think no. no, he, does no. he does fit. You know... Have, he will play Lukaku's position. If you want you wanna be real with it, he is more of your primary striker. And when we got him, we were playing him as a winger and not as a striker because we had well, a certain number nine that was a diva and felt that nobody else should get the limelight like but him. But he didn't dude, even you
0: know, play Gabby Gar as a winger. He came on for like six minutes, seven minute cameos. <laughs> Josh, it was a performance. Yeah, no, Listen, but like what,
2: what I wanted to say was If you watch all his goals, poacher goals. Yep. Nothing special. He's not going to go in. But at the same time as a poacher, he has everything that kind of needed. Exactly. He can dribble. He can take on the defender. He can can win headers. He moves off the ball, you know, I'd say above average for my liking. But at the same time, it's like if you have a guy that can just score goals, left foot, right foot, head, whatever, it's it's, it's it's you can put him in first as a super sub even start him out as that for Lukaku when Lukaku is tired not producing whatever the case is you throw him in he changes the pace of the game because as as even as even though he scores yeah, poacher goals Mario. he can he can do a lot of other things that with Lautaro Martinez the way they would move off each other it could be second to none cuz they have that that South American connection where it, they just want to ball out and it doesn't matter who's with him. If he's playing on the right, Lautaro on the left, he's playing up top, Lautaro behind him, they'll find a way to make it work because at the end of the day, they're just ballers and they fucking they'll
1: they they'll make it work. Do. So um. my personal opinion, if it ain't 30 mil, I would bring him back to inner, see what he could do. Let let Conte let Gonte let- have a try at it because uh Pelletti just had him thrown on his lap. Pioli didn't yeah. want anything to do with him. Frank DeBoer fucking shunned him out from the moment he got there because he was like, that's who Mancini wanted. Oh, shit, my bad. He was like, that's who Mancini wanted, not me. Uh-huh. Mancini Mancini was the one that picked him, and Frank DeBoer got him thrown on. Actually, Mancini didn't pick him. Mancini picked Gabriel Jesus, but he settled for Gabigol because he needed another player, and then he got sacked.
2: He was promising. So,
1: yeah, Frank De Frank Deboer didn't want nothing to do with him and shouted at him from the moment he got there. and even he even sat there and ridiculed him in the media.
0: Oh, oh. last question. Um, with the current appearances of Alexis Sanchez off the bench, who would you guys call your best substitute or bench player for Inter that you've ever seen? <laughs> Travis Eleven for that question. There's been a few good superstar boys, a few good players who basically had their spot permanently on the bench. I loved in high school watching Julio Cruz come off the bench. I thought he was the most That's my boy.
1: That's my boy. Best, reliable
0: off-the-bench player that we've ever had, and he was awesome. Um, one other player that made a fair few cameos off the bench for us for about two seasons, and I think I used him on FIFA more than we ever used him in real life. Was Gimenez? I actually rated Gimenez's appearances off the bench as well. I think he was a Ricky Alvarez who actually knew how to play football. Um, he hey got man, himself.
1: Hold on. I like Ricky. He was just here during a bad time. Give Ricky Alvarez some credit. He was there for a fucked up <laughs> ass dinner. <laughs> I
2: don't know about that.
1: I don't know
0: about that one, man. Anyway, boys, your G- favorite. Do you want to say Ruben Bota too? You want to go to Ruben <laughs> Bota too? Nah, Bota. that nigga
2: sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now the
0: story changes.
2: Dude. Mario, who's your favorite
0: substitute? Uh, uh was it a sub? He was a lot a lot of the time, man. A lot of the time. Rekoba.
2: Rekoba. Oh yeah Rekoba, yeah, Rekoba was a sub. Yeah, Rekoba was a sub mostly. Him, uh, and then this is this is like my all time favorite, Quaresma.
0: I was so g when we signed him, man. I thought, yes, I can't believe it. He's Portuguese. No, no wait, he time from out. the Panthers League, and he just blocked bad. The only good thing he did is he got a deflection off Catania. He went to put a cross in, and it shanked
1: off no, the was a, that, was a, that, was
2: a, that was his shot. Then was deflected off of nobody. He scored that one. That <laughs> <all>.
1: <laughs> no, hold up. Andy, don't fall for this shit. He's sucking you in right now. No. Mario's me. obsession with charisma has been going on for almost... What, like, I would say five or six years I've known Mario. And so it's always been charisma this, charisma that. Is he that wearing into Jersey, charisma.
2: Listen, listen. He won us the Champions League. I don't care what anybody says. He won us the Champions League. He won with he Porto. Far, right? he, won he, went went with, think, he won with Did he win with <laughs> Barcelona too? I don't know. I don't think so, buddy. He, he's, a, he's a proven champion. That's what we needed. He gave the experience. He taught the young guys how to play. He taught Ibrahimovic everything he knows. And that's what I wanted to tell you. First of all, Um, Bantner
0: taught Ibrahimovic everything. Let's get that straight. Oh, papa. Pandev. I think Pandev is another good mention off the bench, even though he actually did make a few starts for Jose. But hey,
1: good player. Rivas, who's your favorite substitute? Yeah, you already said it. Fucking Julio Cruz. That was my boy. Yeah. That that Uh, was my boy. But also, I don't consider Alexi's a super sub. I think it's only a matter of time until he starts starting permanently.
0: Yeah. Before we finish the latest headline um, this morning is that Manchester United have actually finally attacked the price tag to the redemption fee and it's 25 million. So the finishing question for today's into worldwide podcast for 25 million Mario, yes or no to Alexis Sanchez? Yes. Rivas, yes or no for 25 million? I'd do it for 30. I'd do it for 25 as well, man. That's three yeses, to be I honest. I think we
2: could even more of that. Yeah, I reckon... I know, my it's all- a miracle,
1: right? We're not thank broke you. anymore.
2: Nah. We got money. Good that sharing money.
0: We are but
1: so often, rich. <laughs> often, <I'm laughs> third up for sure. All right, guys.
0: Unless I've forgotten something, which I don't think I have, thank you very much to my special guest. Mario. Oh, wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 We forgot something. That new Italy third kit is fire. Mm.
0: We're all gonna end up getting one, aren't we? We're all gonna I end up. I
1: already ordered my fucking quarter zip. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah,
0: Quaresma 77 on the back. You already know. Nice. Did you get a name and numbers or nah, No
1: personalization on this one. I do. Quaresma. What did you get? Quaresma. I probably gets.: Well, our third kit, our third kit isn't on sale yet in the U.S., but I want to get Sensi on it.
2: <laughs> Yo, I heard Icardi FC is gonna get Icardi on the Italy jersey.
1: Yo. Mario, get the work. <laughs> get the work.
0: All right, yo, that's where I'm going to call it. From everyone here at Interworldwide. Worldwide, ciao ragazzi, speak to you soon.